Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. How long do you think it takes for us to see kind of peak Mason win offensively? I mean, I have two answers to that. I mean, it's a great question, but... You know, historically, and people have put, you know, some, some longtime baseball people pointed that us this out to me a long time ago. These really good defense, athletic middle infielders who make contact but don't do a lot with the bat, sometimes those guys have taken a few more years to develop. And Cardinals fans ought to remember the big one, Ozzie Smith. You look at what he did his first few years, right? He, he was nothing with the bat. I think he'd probably been in the major seven or eight years before he became more of an offensive weapon. Uh, players don't take quite that long anymore, and I don't think it's going to take Mason Wynn seven years to become that kind of player, but it wouldn't surprise me if it took two or three. He's a great, great athlete. He has shown great aptitude. He's learned things very quickly, but I also recognize the jump from facing minor league pitching to facing major league pitching feels like it's as big as it's ever been, certainly in my 22 years in this industry. It's just crazy how I go to minor league games way more than I go to major league games. When I pop in on a major league game, it's like, oh, this is like a different sport, right? It's just such a higher caliber that I don't get down on any kid who struggles the first time he's first time through he's facing major league pitching. And if Wynn does that, I'm not getting off the, the train. I am very much a believer he will be a star. This might not be this season. And Keith, if he does hit, though, that 80th like percentile outcome and his bat develops this year for the St. Louis Cardinals, do you think the Cardinals will have one of the deepest lineups in all of Major League Baseball? That's an interesting question. I mean, they've got a bunch of guys who I think would take step forwards. I expect more from Jordan Walker this year. Um, I think I think Mason Wynn's going to be really good. I mean, they will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not going to be – I guess you could argue they might have a hole here or there depending on how certain guys develop. They also just have a lot of guys I really like, like – Devon Herrera, like, hey, play that guy, man. I think that guy can hit. And he started to hit, you know, when he played last year, especially in AAA, he was hitting the ball harder. It's the only thing we were really waiting on, right? This guy doesn't strike out. I think he can catch. Most people I know thought he could catch. The question was the bat. And it was like, well, it's all contact, but it's not very hard contact. He started making more hard contact last year because he got a little older and a little stronger. So it's another guy. He's not eligible for my list. He lost his rookie status, but another guy I'm a believer in. I think he'll, be, he'll do more this year you will see more production from him if he's given the playing time it's interesting keith because the cardinals had a wave of position players that came up many of which weren't really necessarily defensively what you were looking for but offensively you you saw what the bat profiled as and you're like that's going to get them into their lineup and now you see it with mason win and victor scott who's coming up in center field it's like okay well the, the defense is what's going to keep them in the lineup and you hope that the bat progresses i did want to ask you about victor scott because he's like tailor-made for me i love athletic defensive center fielders with ability on the bases and he certainly has all of those things how unique is this profile though for you as a scout when it comes to guys coming up through the minor leagues right now so god i don't remember who i was talking to it might have been bernie mickless the other day actually where i said when people started popping up about hey cardinals had this 80 runner who's having this great season i was like okay yeah i've heard these before right i'm old enough to remember joey gathright there are plenty. I remember Terrence Gore. Being an 80 runner is fun. Like, it's really exciting to see a guy like that. But that is so far down the list in terms of the stuff that matters, right? If you can't hit, I don't care how fast you run. And Billy Hamilton, that was basically his whole career. He's never strong enough and never really hit. He had a nice career because he was so fast and he could play defense. Uh, 
God is not like that. And I talked to some people during the season. I saw him once in the Futures game. I really got to see him more in, in the fall league. And that was a a reaction for me to just physically to see him. He's stronger than he's getting credit for. He's impacting the ball better. It's a good swing. Talk to some of the Cardinals people. Talk to uh, T.C. Calhoun, who drafted him, too, and he talked about the physical changes and the work that Scott has done. If you look at Scott's minor league uh, college numbers, he was not good. There's nothing in his college stats that says this guy's going to be a top 100 prospect at some point. He's really changed his body, changed his approach to become a very different player. So it's, you know, it's not going to be power, but he hits the ball hard enough that he can play every day. And then you're talking 80 run, and he might end up an 80 defender. For folks who don't know, 80 is the best grade we give him, the scouting scale. So I'm saying elite run, elite defense in center, and a guy who puts the ball in play enough with hard enough contact for the bat to, to play so that those other, the value of his other tools will start to show up because his bat keeps him in the lineup. And Keith, how, how how much more seasoning do you think he needs in the minor leagues? How when do you think a good ETA is from when we could see Scott here at the major league level? Well, you know the little comparison. He's older, obviously. He'll be twenty three. He'll be twenty three on Monday, actually. Where he is, you know, it's a different career path than Mason Wynn, but they are similar in that you know they've both got these carrying tools to get them to the majors. Um, you know, seeing Scott, honestly, what I would do, even though he only had about a half season in AAA, uh, sorry, in AA, if he's inclined and looks good in spring training, I might challenge him immediately with AAA because you know the legs and the defense are going to play in the majors. You can put him in the majors right now. He'd be fine. Uh, what you want to do is see what happens now as he's facing better quality pitching. Because obviously when you go to AAA, some of the guys you face have pitched in the majors before. It's a mixed bag, but want to see if he can continue to make contact. He's always been a low walk, low strikeout guy. I can live with that. You can hope the walks come up because he has feel to at least control the strike zone. I would want to see what it looks like in AAA for a couple of months. And then at that point, especially if, you know, Cardinals have a bunch of outfielders who've underperformed so far. Dylan Carlson, who I've always been a fan of, but if he doesn't get better, he, you know, he's out at that point. You have to say, we're going to move you aside to give Victor Scott a chance. And I would understand that decision, even though I've been a longtime supporter of Carlson because he hasn't, he hasn't progressed since that first full year. Keith Law is our guest here on 101 ESPN. You can read his work over at The Athletic. That's where you'll find his ranking of the top 100 prospects in Major League Baseball. Victor Scott, who we're talking about right now, is at number 55 on that list. Keith, I, I don't know if, you're, if you've got this cataloged like in the back of your mind, but can you think of recent 80-grade runners and defenders that you've had on your scouting scale? Like, Who, who are the comparisons for what we're talking about right now with, with Victor well, Scott? Yeah, the easy one's Byron Buxton, right? He is one of the fastest players I have ever seen in my life. Um, Billy Hamilton's always my answer for the fastest. He's the, Hamilton's the fastest I've ever personally clocked with a stopwatch and seen him. I mean, he just he does things where you think he's violating laws of physics. It's just absurd. Um, Buxton is a good example, though, of a guy who's an 80 runner, and he is. When he's healthy and able to play, he's an 80 defender. And he says he wants to play center this year. I really hope he gets back out there. Um, he just can't stay healthy. But Buxton has other skills he's got power now he never really got the command of the strike zone that would have made him a superstar uh but he was that kind of player at one point i think he was number one on my overall prospect list so they do they pop up every now and then but we get a lot of those guys they you know we joke they're track stars and this isn't track right being an 80 runner is wonderful but it's it it, just being able to steal more bases it's a small part of the game it's not big value if you're that fast you can deliver more value through your defense 
or if you're putting a lot of balls in play, like into the gaps where you can add an extra base or two. Uh, I'll throw one more. You know, Carl Crawford, before his body kind of went on him, he was probably an 80 runner too. And I thought he was going to be a, like an all-time superstar. I saw him at 20 and thought, Jesus, this is we don't get athletes like this in baseball. Um, he just didn't take care of himself. He didn't follow through. And, you know, obviously he got to his late 20s and got paid, and that was kind of the end of it. But his son's in the Philly system now, and guess who's also an 80 runner? Yeah. And Looks like he's going to be some kind of athlete. So I do, you know, I remember these guys when they've got a second tool. It can't, 80 run and nothing else is not interesting. 80 run and literally anything else, okay, now you have my attention. Keith, I want to go over to the pitching side for the Cardinals prospects. Mm-hmm. And in your top 100, you got Tinkins at number 73. When we talk about Tinkins, I feel like he's kind of supposed to be the quote-unquote savior, if you will, supposed to be the future ace for the Cardinals, the guy that they're developing into that role. Do you think that that can be his ceiling? Can he get to that moniker for the Cardinals at some point in his career to be a guy that could lead their rotation? I don't. I don't, and I like Tinkens, but I think that's asking too much of him. Uh, he has. They've been very, very careful with his workloads. He's a smaller guy. He missed most of 2021 with, I think it was shoulder soreness. He never had surgery or anything. But this is a guy who's he's thrown really hard from a really young age. I think it's put some pressure on the arm. You know, fortunately, the, Card- the Cardinals haven't done anything wrong. I think they're trying their best to keep him healthy. But I find it very hard to picture someone his size, who's had a little bit of arm stuff, whose arm is that fast, holding up and becoming like a 200 inning, which is about as much as anybody throws anymore, top of the rotation guy. I think it's more likely he's someone who pitches a lower innings total at a really high level. Now, I don't know whether you'd call that a two or a three, but I'm thinking of a guy who's ERA is better than league average, but he throws 150 innings because you got to give him some time off or he doesn't work as deep into starts. I, I, and I say that again, I love Tank Hens, and he's super fun to watch. Give me a guy with that kind of just arm speed, looseness, athleticism. I love it. They're super fun to watch. They're fun to scout. But he's got things he's, he's still going to need to work on. And, of course, the less you pitch, the less opportunity you have to work on them. So it may also just take him a little more time because they are being very, they're being wise, prudent about how they're bringing along his workloads. Keith, the final question that I've got for you pertains to development of pitching in the minor leagues in general. I, I can go back to 2013 and look up the minor leagues. There were 71 different pitchers that threw at least 150 innings that season. And if you go to the minor leagues this past year and you look for guys that threw at least 150 innings, you might as well be looking for a dinosaur. I mean, there were some of them. It was like 15. <laughs> yeah, like it's it basically doesn't exist. How is this sustainable? Like, is Major League Baseball going to be able to develop the guys that teams are clearly valuing at this point where they, they want the innings? But if you're developing people this way, can you continue operating that way at the big league level? Yeah, uh, I mean, that is, how much time do you have? <laughs> That's a question, and I'm not kidding. You want to come uh, some other time? We talk for 20 minutes just about this question. Please, I absolutely. Have a lot of fe- I have a lot of feelings on this one. I'll give you a short answer, which is that the, the problem we've run into is teams have gotten so adjusted to the twice through the order. And look, you know, that three times through the order penalty thing is real. Pitchers sure. are worse the third time through. There's no incentive for teams to develop guys or capable of going through an order three times when the rules in Major League Baseball, the roster rules and the pitching change rules say you can do this. You can do five and dive, right? Five innings and you're out, and then the bullpen takes the last 12 outs. That's completely fine, and it may be a better strategy for winning games. It's not very pleasant to watch, honestly, as somebody who watches baseball a lot. I I love 
seeing guys work deeper into games. I want to see them do that, and I hope so. there are some teams out there that still push it a little bit. They, they're like, we want to build our guys up to go seven innings, to go three times through the order, and then if we don't ask them to do that every time in the majors, that's fine, but at least we've built them up and taught them more about pitching. I think when you have to face a hitter three times, you learn something. You have to come up with different ways to get the same hitter out multiple times, and I think we're losing that because teams, so few teams do still ask their minor league, their real pitching prospects, to turn a lineup over three times to go 24, 25 batters in and out. Well, Keith, if you want to watch 2013 baseball, just come watch the 2024 Cardinals with us this year. Uh, they've got Lance Lynn. They've got Kyle Gibson. They've got Miles Michaelis. They, they've got a lot of guys yeah. that they're going to be asking to throw some game. innings for them. We'll, we'll yeah. see how Let's it goes. Fresh. Dizzy Dean, get them all back. That's right. Yeah, br- bring everybody back. Hey, Keith, it's always great catching up, man. Thanks so much for some insight into the Cardinals minor leaguers. We'll talk with you again soon. We'll have that 20-minute discussion about uh, the, the development of pitchers. I'd be curious to <laughs> yep. hear your extended thoughts. Absolutely. I look forward to it.